Welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast presented by BrotoFantasy.com. I'm your host, Tim Petrop, with my brothers, the only two twins that give you double that fantasy goodness, Michael and Jason Petrop. Yes, sir. We are back again for the second time in as many days. Actually, yeah, 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 we, yeah, that's right. The Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast is here to service your every fantasy football need. I am your host, Tim Petrop, here, of course, with my two brothers, Michael and Jason. What's up, boys? What up, Tim? I feel like we just talked. Part du. 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 How many people would you need to beat Aaron Donald in a fight? Nine. What? <laughs> That's a lot of people. I have no doubt that Aaron Donald would fuck us up. <laughs> what? How many people? Like, if you had to gather like your actual friends, like our football Nine. team, we got ten. We got ten people I on the roster of our football team. Aaron Donald would beat our football. Team. <laughs> We have some tough guys. We have they're in good shape. No, still nothing. Well, yeah, we got people in shape, but it's Aaron Donald, man. Aaron Donald's like a, a grizzly bear. Like just like grizzly. It's grizzly. just over. Yo, guys, I want to tell the story about the the best prank ever pulled. I I wasn't there, so I can't really tell the story. It was Michael's brainchild. So Michael, I want I want you to tell the story. No, I can't take full credit. It was our friend Nick who originated the idea and then we melded minds with another friend, Paul. Um, basically, we're out in the woods, the woodsy upstate area for a bachelor party for one of our friends. And there's bears out there. And <laughs> one of one of our friends, um, we're grilling meat, decided to throw a piece of meat in the woods, even though they said don't throw food or leave garbage outside because bears will come. Time out. I didn't even know that part. Let me. Can I guess which friend it was? Yeah, trying to know who it was. John Zelvis. It was John Zelvis. Yes. Um, he threw a piece of meat in the woods, so people were already on edge. Like, yo, why are you doing that? They literally said, "Don't throw meat into the woods." About like seven hours later, we're down by like a fire pit area in this outside, like pitch black, dude. When I say pitch black, me and Jason. We turned around and all you saw was darkness. Like you couldn't even see the trees. So to continue, me and these two guys decide we're going to scare the rest of the crew by bringing out a speaker and playing bear noises. (laughs) And we get a bear noise YouTube clip that's like an hour long. That sounds super real. We walk back to them. We toss it behind one of the bushes. The speaker and we'd chill with them for a couple minutes just laughing and everything or whatever and then we play the bear noises and this worked so well because like i said you could not see more than two feet in front of you dude because it was pitch black so we oh my god i was dying laughing while everyone else goes oh my god shut up shut up do you hear that and it's just progressively getting louder bear noises. And at this point, people think the bear is like 10 feet away from us. <laughs> Everyone stood up, huddled up behind the fire. Our brother Johnny grabs a piece of wood from the fire and is holding it out. And he yells, everyone, keep your wits. <laughs> and I'm just dying laughing, dying laughing. I turn around. The fear 
in Jason's face, Johnny's face, several of our friends' faces, me, Paul. Paul specifically was me, Paul, and Nick were the masterminds. I turned to Paul trying not to laugh, and Paul is laughing so hard that I just started dying laughing. And then I see Nick, and Nick is laughing, and Jason turns and yells at me, what the fuck is wrong with you? How can you be laughing in this situation? <laughs> and Jason knows me. I thought for sure he was going to be like, oh, this is a joke when he saw me cracking up. But no, apparently he thinks if a bear was attacking us, I'd just start hysterically laughing and freak the fuck out and not actually be ready to fight a bear. So... Yeah, that's what happened, and honestly, it was just hysterical and a great time, and yeah, just hilarious. It was the best prank ever. The the only once thing- at one at the end, they all re- like one of our friends was also planning his escape route through the bushes and the trees <laughs> into the forest, and once they realized that it Diddy, was Diddy, he's in the Discord. Diddy, yeah, yeah, Diddy, he's in the Discord. Once they realized it was a joke, and now my dreams are crushed because. Tyler Lockett caught a 20-yard touchdown pass that was called back for a holding. You guys are so late. It's crazy how late you are. I'm streaming, too. Why are you guys so late? I don't know, man. Um, oh, my God. that that I, I'm so sorry that I wasn't there because I, I wasn't there because I, I was expecting uh, my wife was nine months oh, pregnant. Baby. Yeah, my, my wife was nine months pregnant, so I couldn't go. It was in the Catskills, so it was like a three-hour drive away. I couldn't be three hours away from my wife at that point, but... Um, you know, I, as Michael was telling the story, like, you looked around and, and each one of our friends reacted differently. Some of them like cowered and some of them like stepped up like I'm about to fight a bear. I wish I was there just so I could like test my fortitude like that. Like I really wonder what like my natural instinct would be in a situation like a life or death situation like that. I'm, I, I'm envious of the fact that yeah. you, people got to live that without like actually having to live it. Louis had like a fire stick. He was just trying to hand it off to the, anyone closest to him. <laughs> Louis was not trying to fight a bear. He was just just trying to hand off the fire stick to someone to fight the bear instead of him. I feel like if, if I was going to go to war, John, Johnny's a great guy to go to war with. He's like, he's a, he's down. He's gonna I mean, f- Johnny grabbed a fucking stick of fire. I was scared he was going to like burn himself because of a practical <laughs> joke. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, the Fantasy Football by Brodo app is the best fantasy football app out now. Um, we are already six and a half minutes in. It was it was for good reason. So I won't get fully into what this thing entails. But it is the best app you'll ever have. It has all of our content plus every stat you need plus usage stat. Literally every stat you need plus exclusive stats and this podcast. And we're running nine articles this week. Nine. You're getting nine articles out of the Brodo Fantasy Football podcast and our team of 10 of the most crack writers that you could ever have in your life. Uh, it's Honestly, I, I could not be more happy with the Brodo staff that we've built. So go check it out, the Fantasy Football by Brodo app, and it is all thanks to the patrons at patreon.com slash brotofantasy. For as little as $3 a month, you can really help us uh, make this app go forward, make the show go forward. You can power this machine that is the Fantasy Football Revolution, and you can get a free... Join the Discord. You can get in leagues with us. You can get uh, a free episode, every an extra episode, excuse me, every week, um, and tons more. The a DFS optimizer that's absolutely been killing the game. Uh, bets. That's right, bets. You can make your money back by being a patron. So patreon.com slash fantasy to get all of these things um, from our math and magician to bets, by the way. Um, straight from the algorithms. The rhythms of the algos. Um, yeah, so with that being said... Let's get started on part two. What do you guys say?
Are good, baby. Um, we're going to start with an interesting matchup, the Packers at the Bengals. I feel like these two teams, like, don't... I don't know. It's going to be weird seeing the Packers and the Bengals playing each other. They don't really usually play each other, I feel like. Um, it's an interesting matchup, too, because you have, on the Bengals' side, Joe Mixon missing the game. And the Packers have been known to give up some rushing yards. So, the question is, Samaji Piran. How are you feeling about Mr. Samaji Piran? And, and do you think Chris Evans, who the beat reporters have said will be the third down back and catch the passes. Do you believe that Chris Evans could be a play here? How do you guys feel about this backfield? You, you know, I'm not really believing that because Joe Mixon is a very average running back and the Bengals see him play and keep him in the game anyway. So he's injured and Samaje Pirine, a very average running back, is going to replace him. They're going to see him play like a very average running back and probably be enamored. Like Chris Evans, stay off the field. This Pirine is a stud. Because that's what they think about Joe average as fucking average Joe Mixon. That's what we should call him. Average Joe Mixon. That's a good one. How have we just thought about that, you idiot? Mic drop. It's been years, 84 years. <laughs> but, bro, the Bengals don't use a pass-catching running back basically ever. But now... Joe Mixon's out, and it's like, go grab Chris Evans, baby. That's why people <laughs> suck at fantasy. Easter, me? my dudes. <laughs> For real, though. <laughs> uh, big mouth. Uh, Coach Steve. Yeah, Coach Steve. It's a great impression. Ah, best friends. friend. Best friend. Jay's mom. Best friend. <laughs> <laughs> Anywho. Yeah, I'm not playing Chris Evans, man. And I'm playing P. Ryan as a low-end RB2 flex play because he's going to get work. He's going to get 15-plus touches, in my opinion. He did last year when Mixon was out, and he had a solid game. Jason's just cracking up thinking about Big Mouth, <laughs> I think. It's a funny-ass show, man. <laughs> but I, I'm all aboard the Joe Burrow train in this one, man. Yo, the Green Bay Packers, Jair Alexander is out. They let Jameis Winston throw five touchdowns week one. Remember, how? Remember, Jameis Winston is a fucking... Bum so far this season. He threw for five touchdowns week one against the Green Bay Packers. They've played against Jared Goff, Jimmy Garoppolo, and Ben Roethlisberger besides Jameis Winston. And those guys have thrown for five touchdowns, 735 passing yards. Like this is over a thousand, almost a thousand passing yards and five touchdowns from like the trio of the worst quarterbacks Jameis Winston five touchdowns Joe Burrow is going to I think Joe Burrow is a tremendous streaming option um I could see this game being like 42 to 35 honestly I think this is just going to be an offensive explosion wow I think T Higgins comes back with a bang I think Jamar Chase is a great play Tyler Boyd is always eh when you don't have um I mean when Tyler when T Higgins and Jamar Chase are both in in my opinion so but I think it's going to be like an offensive explosion game, and I want I want pieces of it. I think CJ Uzama is not someone I'm going to chase with T Higgins returning either. Um, but I mean, I want to play Higgins. I want to play Chase Boyd as a wide receiver three flex, and I think Burrow is a great streaming option here because the Green Bay Packers passing defense has been atrocious, and now Jair Alexander is out, and he's the glue that holds it all together. I mean, those are very strong words uh, from you, Michael. But words that I can get down with. Um, what about the Green Bay? What about the Green Bay side of this? I mean, Devontae Adams is Devontae Adams, and Aaron Jones is Aaron, Aaron Jones, 
And this is a plus matchup for Aaron Rodgers, so you're playing him. So those guys you don't really need to discuss. I think the question is Robert Tanyan. Robert Tanyan has been getting opportunities, but he hasn't been doing much with them. How are you feeling if you have Tanyan at, at tight end right now? Debatable about the opportunities. Yeah, the, you're right. I, I, I'm very being very loose with the term opportunities for a it's tight been, end. Like, like last week he had seven targets. Before that, his most targeted game was four. Um, he's been involved in a sense. The issue is that his only tight end one finish is when he scored a touchdown. Just like the rest of all the tight ends, you'd need a touchdown to be relevant unless your name is Kelsey or Waller. Even George Kittle has been worse. So you have to keep him in that streaming territory because Aaron Rodgers can throw for multiple touchdowns and there's not really a wide receiver two on the Packers right now. But I'm not going to be super excited about it. Uh, anyone else you guys want to talk about in this game? At all? I mean, you decided to just skip over Aaron Jones and all other wide receivers. No, I mean, <laughs> I'm not chasing. I said you're I'm not obviously chasing playing, Randall Cobb. Obviously playing Aaron Jones. Obviously yeah. playing Devontae Adams. Obviously playing Aaron Rodgers. This is not a negative matchup at all. This is a plus matchup. You're, you're playing these guys. Um, yeah, that's who, that's who I mean when you say another guy like Randall Cobb. That's a guy who scored... Two touchdowns last week, and you have to assume he's going to be involved in the offense because he is Aaron Rodgers, like handpicked guy. Like you would need to trade for him, and they did. So, is this the is this the opening up of a world where Randall Cobb has some fantasy relevancy, at least in PPR? What do no. you think? What do you no. think? No. Okay. Well, there you go. Uh, let's go on to the next game: the Broncos at the Steelers. Broncos at Steelers just historically sounds like a defensive matchup, and I think that that's what this game will be. It has the low uh, in Vegas. Last time I checked, 39 points was the over-under. Ugh. Um, but you see why. Uh, Drew Locke is the probable starting quarterback for the Broncos. He looked absolutely horrendous in his mop-up duty for Teddy Bridgewater last week. The Steelers' defense has T.J. Watt back, and when the Steelers' defense has T.J. Watts, the Steelers' defense plays well. Um... Let's start on the side of the Broncos. Cortland Sutton has had two bad games in a row. Can we expect a third bad game out of him? Anyone? Did, was there a mute there? <laughs> no, Jason. Sorry. This is the this is it the classic like Jason I, mute week. I think I No, no, I think no. I, I, Michael Michael unmuted. I thought he was going to talk and then he was just staring at the screen. <laughs> Usually yeah, I know if Michael's going to talk cuz I, I see his mic go off. I think I lost you for a second. Just repeat the question one more time. Go ahead, Jason. He'll fi- he'll figure it out. Use use complete sentences. He'll get context clues. Tim, man, you're just why can't you just let me talk about fucking who? <laughs> What's happening oh, right man. now? Nothing. Just ask me the question again. I lost you for a second, and then Jason apparently wasn't you, paying bro. attention. So, <laughs> sorry, Tim. You suck. You suck at you suck at reading the room, man. I don't. You're I don't. A, there's a there's a group chat with. <laughs> the, <laughs> <laughs> and right now, for some reason, Michael's just being roasted. Yeah, what the so, fuck? So I looked out. At, so we looked at on our phones and started laughing. And then you asked the question, and we both didn't hear it. And we're trying to play it off. And you just insist on passing it to the next person. In fact, I tested you, Jason. I was like, use context clues. Um, the question was, so it was a, it was a Corlin Sutton rookie mistake on our end. Cor- Corlin Sutton. 
while Michael gets roasted <laughs> in the group chat. I'm not in this. Honestly, hold Carl on, I'm not in this. I'm not in the group chat that Michael's getting roasted in. Boo. <laughs> no, you're not. Damn. It's um, Carlin Sutton is very, very difficult to read. Teddy Bridgewater is likely to play, and Sutton has twelve, five, and eight. Is that is that true? He's likely to play. Is that true? He's likely to play. I think today they said he's probably going to play. I thought he was he, he, pro- had, he, he was progressing, but it wasn't sure. Fifty fifty. That's what I read. But I, I mean, it's 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 concussion protocol, right? He's going to return to practice Thursday. Was the last update. So I expect him to play. All right. If Drew Locke plays, I do think Sutton is a little worse. The issue is that he's getting targets, but not much is happening. And outside of the game against Jacksonville, he's been a no one. He's been either a wide receiver one or a wide receiver four. And this is a tough matchup against Pittsburgh. So the upside there, the targets are there. On the surface, it's kind of tough, but they've been susceptible to the The Steelers' defense as a whole, though, is better than the Denver offense. I'll give you that. In that sense, it's a tough matchup. Yes. Not the toughest individual matchup. (laughs) They're susceptible to longer passes. They're giving up a decently high average depth of target this year to receivers. And Corlin Sutton is pretty high in adjusted air yards. Like, he's not... He's not been great. That's (laughs) obvious. Right? Like, this guy's back-to-back games less than six. Excuse me, less than seven half PPR fans points. 6.2. Why are you laughing? Because uh, so, Jason's cracking up, and you know how we are. Every time, every time one of us sees each other laugh, we end up just cracking Jason up. Jason legit put himself it's on a, mute and and, yeah. and took himself off the screen. To try, making, to, to, try to stop a, Michael from uh, laughing. It's a twin thing. But now Carlin Sutton has... Less than seven half PPR fantasy points in every game outside of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Not something that you like, period. Simple as that. So we'll see this week against Pittsburgh. I'm giving Sutton one more shot here, man. I think Sutton isn't in a bad spot, as bad of a spot as Jason's making it seem. <clears throat> and if Drew locks that quarterback, maybe he'll chuck it downfield more often. We'll see. But yeah, I'm just, I'm giving Sutton one more shot here as a wide receiver, two, three. Um, I think he could. I think he could have a decent game against Pittsburgh because they are going to need to pass as well. So we'll see. But I think Sutton's Sutton's not going to just shit the bed. All right, so let's play the and or game then. Sutton or Antonio Brown. Sutton. Brown. Sutton or Devontae Smith. Sutton. Smith. No. Yeah. Last one. Sutton or Cooks? Brandon. Sutton. Sutton. Uh, you know Tim's not going to say Cooks. Yeah, it's true. I actually, I'm going to say him over Smith, too. I take that back. I have to play Sutton over Smith. There you go. You got your answers, kid. Boom, diggity. Boom, boom, diggity. Um, boom, boom, diggity. Boom, 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 diggity. <clears throat> the running backs, this is a really, really bad matchup for the running backs, dude. The Steelers, as always, um, great against the run. Year after year, they're great against the run. That has not changed. Melville's been dealing with a bit of an injury, but he's supposed to play. Javante Williams has not been taking over as some have hoped who drafted him high. 
It just continues to be a split, kind of leaning in Melgo's direction. The Steelers don't give up many touchdowns on the ground. This is a game where I would really like to stay away from the Atlanta Falcons offense if I can. I'm, wow, I have no idea why I said the Atlanta Falcons. The Denver Broncos running room if I can. Um, because <laughs> wasn't even just, close. Really, I know they that was very odd. They uh <laughs> they haven't really done anything this season spectacular besides you know that long Melgo run and Javante Williams had a super impressive run, but I mean it was it was like 30 yards that ended up not resulting in anything other than you know three fantasy points because it's not like it resulted in a touchdown or anything. And this, I don't know, do you agree with me, Tim? I think. And Jay, because I think, I don't know, Melgo and Javante Williams just against the Steelers are not enticing to me at all. I, I really just don't see the upside. I concur. I have Melgo as a flex play. Javante Williams is a little lower flex play. I'm not seeing much upside here either. You, you're going to have to hope for a touchdown if you want real production. Flex. If you want to flex them, I'm okay with it. But, yeah, like you said, this is a tough matchup. Guys, why isn't Noah Fant getting more love? I I think it's because he, his his floor is so low. Like he can he can I, I, be dude, great, but his floor is so low. He's second in true target value for tight ends. He has three tight end one finishes, and people keep ranking him so low. He has three top, like three top ten finishes. Not even tight end one, top ten, which is better than tight end. One. Yeah, he hasn't it's really shown a low floor. He's getting a lot of targets. I mean, his one bad game was two for 15. But that That's was against the Jets, floor. Low floor. who were so bad in that game that Denver didn't even have to pass. But he's basically been... Does Noah Fenton have a touchdown yet? I don't think so, right? He's basically been touchdownless. He has. T- he does have a touchdown? Yes. I mean, he's been closer to TJ Hawkinson than people think. And he doesn't get nearly the love that Hawk does. I mean, TJ Hawkinson has that one really, really bad game where he went like two for 10 against Baltimore. Um, and then uh, Fant has gone six for 62, four for 33 and the touchdown. He just went six for 46 and a touchdown. I'm bugging. He has two touchdowns this year in four games. So I feel like Noah Fant is being uh, a little underrated, I guess, because he doesn't, hasn't shown like a huge ceiling, but he's been pretty damn consistent. And uh, I don't see why that would change here against Pitt. Interesting. Okay. Oh, Okay, then. The the intro just started playing out of nowhere. I don't know why that happened. Um, <laughs> uh, I, you're making me want to change my Noah Fant rank, Michael. This is like you every week you make me want to change at least one ranking as, as you talk because you convince me. It's very impressive. I will say. Very impressive. Yeah, um, I do what I can for the people. Noah Fant was at tight end 14. But who you, All right, let's play a game then because I want to know where to rank him here. I like games. I like games. Uh, him or Kyle Pitts? Fant. Andrews. Pitts. You said Andrews. you said Fant over Pitts? Yes. Yeah, sure. I'm going Pitts. I'm going Pitts, too. Mark Andrews. 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 Dawson Knox. Fant. Knox. Schultz. Dalton Schultz. 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 Tyler Coughlin. Fant. Fant. Mike Kosicki. Kosicki. Max Williams. Fant. Come on. Max Williams has had like seven. Shut your face, More grandma. than seven targets in the last two weeks. How can you ignore that? Shut your face, Grandma. Robert Tanyan. 
Fant. Fant. All right. It's, it's interesting. Tim. It's interesting. Hard-hitting question. Yes. Would you refer to yourself as either the rhyme Nostris or the hip-hopopotamus? Because <laughs> my lyrics are bottomless. I, I am so curious to see where this is going. Yeah, just fly oh, to the Concords. Shout out to one of the GOAT shows. That's it? You just Please tell me you remember random? that, Tim. Of course. I could I could literally spit that whole All verse right. for you. Coming out the, the top of this esophagus. <laughs> Flows like glow <laughs> like, so, like phosphorus. It's just it's so amazing how he goes. Where'd you the... get that hypo- preposterous hypothesis? <laughs> Did Steve tell you, perchance? Oh, Steve. <laughs> I love that he shit. He says, I'm the hip hopopotamus. My lyrics are bottomless. And then just stop that, speaking. It's great. Genius. All right, Steve. Listen up, Steve. Let's uh let's figure out what what did what we gotta do here, Steve. Let's go here, Steve. I went from uh, English accent to a Brooklyn accent, just like just in the snap, just like that. Um. So we already have talked about everyone in this game, right? Anyone else you you want to talk about in this game? Bro, um, we did not talk about the Steelers. Yeah, we did not. Oh, man, my first fuck up. Because yo, when are you guys gonna? I'm jumping into it. When are you guys gonna admit that I was right? About. There's yeah. there's no there's no wide receiver argument anymore. It's Deontay Johnson and the rest. Deontay Johnson has missed a football game, and he is still 14th in the NFL in targets. He's been a wide receiver one, two, and three in the three games that he's played, and he's been a top 12 wide receiver every time he's healthy. Like overall, like if you look at the years where the games where he's actually played, he's put up top 12 numbers. It's Deontay and the rest, and you guys need to stop acting like it's not, and you guys need to start ranking Deontay Johnson higher, including this week. Start Deontay Johnson confidently. I don't Man, think... I'm a little confused. I, I have been ranking Deontay Johnson <laughs> way ahead of the other two guys. Me too. Um, also, uh, I also, I also think just that Just because you, I like well, we Juju, have, I also... We have a bet. I mean, I, yeah, but well, I... Also, yeah, that was a preseason bet. It's not week five. The last time Chase Claypool was on the field, he got 15 targets and caught nine balls. Like, I'm not about to say that he's not going to be good. Last year, Big Ben was doo-doo, and all three receivers were fantasy relevant. Like, I'm not about to just say, oh, yeah, he's definitely... Chase Claypool hasn't even scored a touchdown yet. Like, Chase Claypool just missed the game. I'm not giving up on Chase Claypool. For Juju, look, I wrote an article in the offseason on Juju. We know what Juju is. Juju's going to... Catch seven balls for 61 yards and catch a touchdown every once in a while. Like, I'm not excited about Juju, but I think that I'm not giving up on Chase Claypool. Yeah, fuck out of here. I didn't ask you guys to give up on it. I just told you guys to respect Deontay Johnson. But this is a good, this is a good secondary. R-E-S-P-E-C-T. This is a good secondary, and Chase Claypool is coming back from, oh, my God, Robert Woods just missed a 30-yard pass. Ay, ay, ay. Tim, shut up. Yeah, but you know, you if you're ahead of us, if and you, you are a Robert Woods manager right now, you're like, oh my god, Matt Stafford just overthrew him, just too tall. Um, I do want to add that the um, the Denver Broncos have not had the toughest schedule. The Giants, the Jaguars, the Jets, and the Baltimore Ravens to open it up. But with that being said, they have been elite against quarterbacks, running backs, and tight ends thus far in fantasy football world which does not bode well for the Pittsburgh Steelers who have just had the, goodness gracious, one of the ugliest offenses I can remember ever seeing. 
Like I, I want to pull my eyes out watching the <laughs> Pittsburgh offense right now. Najee Harris runs directly into defenders. He does ben not, Roethlisberger. I, I know it's not it's, it's it's taboo to say right now, but he does not look like this world beating every down back to me. Like he doesn't. Guys, he has the size for it, but he yo Matt Stafford's off today. He just doesn't look like he just doesn't look like this this world setting the world on fire back just talent wise. So I, I don't know. I'm uh, I'm I don't know. I I'm, I'm I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Najee Harris has negative forty five rushing yards over expected. Wow, that, that explains it. The only people lower than him are Mike Davis and Philip Lindsay. That's it. Hot not damn. damn diggity. That's not good. That's simply not good. But when you I tweeted about this yesterday. Najee Harris has more targets than like DK Metcalf. Um, George Kittle, Travis Kelsey, a bunch of just star players. Najee Harris has out-targeted them. Just goes to show you how ugly this damn offense has been. And, like, Juju went two for, like, 15 last week, I think it was. Something really ugly. But he had, like, two 40-yard touchdowns that would have been legit. Could have made him a great game. That Big Ben just missed him because Big Ben is really just playing really, really bad football, which makes it really hard to trust anyone outside of Deontay Johnson of the pass catchers. And the running back purely volume-based. Like Najee Harris, you have to play him because he just plays so much and gets so many touches, even though it's been pure trash. Like the, the overall production out of him has been pure trash. But fantasy-wise, it's been glorious because the running back position is more about volume, and he's just been getting so much volume. And he's he's been inefficient but productive. So, like, the, like you said, the volume has been there, and he's been producing good stats. But they're just he just needs all that volume to get even the most minimal stats. By the way, Daryl Henderson back in and just rushed in for a touchdown. Haha, I'm spoiling it. Suck it. Wait. Really? Yep. Yeah, he's he started the second half and he just got oh, cuz fuck yeah, it, baby. Stafford hit the Sean Jackson with like a 70-yard pass, huh? You don't have Daryl Henderson, do you, Jason? No, I have him in my 4 and 0 FFPC team, baby. Nice, nice, nice. Um so this that's the Steelers. The Steelers defense also is a great play in this game. I think the Broncos defense is a great play as well. I think both defenses Yeah, I'm playing here. both. Yeah, anyone this else? This could be a pretty ugly game. Anyone else? Um, is Claypool gonna play, guys? It, right is now he, he is trending towards playing. I was a little surprised by Tim's bare assumption that he was gonna play. Right now he doesn't even have a questionable tag on him. He's interesting. All right, then I'm gonna have to adjust my rankings to excuse me. Add Claypool. Excuse me. Excuse oh. me. He does have a questionable tag on him, but he he was limited on Wednesday. So I let me let me check right now if he practiced today, and that that should give us a better idea because that's a All Thursday. Right, but yeah, practice. Juju. Juju and Claypool, if he is going to play, definitely more wide receiver three flex plays than they are wide receiver two type guys. It is Deontay Johnson's team at this point in that receiving core. And Ben Roethlisberger really, really sucks. Like the Pittsburgh Steelers have the highest pass percentage of any team in the league so far this year. And Ben Roethlisberger has four passing touchdowns. Yeah, Claypool and was limited. Four interceptions. Claypool was limited on Thursday, just putting that out there. 
three of his four games, Ben Roethlisberger has a yards per attempt under six. That's gross. He has attempted 32, 40, 58, and 40 attempts and has one game over 300 passing yards. He has just been next level bad, and there's nothing you could really do about it at this point. Grody. Because they're not going to do. It's not like they're going to give the ball to Mason Rudolph or some shit. He apparently is hurt, big men as well. And there was a an interview where he's he said he's never worked with a a like a mechanics coach and that he has never concentrated on his mechanics ever in his entire career. Which impressive, impressive, it's a but odd. that's <laughs> he's how a fucking nice. <laughs> but that's <laughs> how that. that's how you start to suck when you turn thirty seven. You know that's how you suck. I mean, he's also just thirty seven, and not everyone's Tom Brady. And he's thirty eight. Right. I mean, that's a reason for him to suck now. Exactly. But that's how it happens because you're not paying attention to the little things like that that Tom Brady is paying attention to. Um, let's continue to the next game. The Bears at the Raiders. The big news. David Montgomery out. Oh, shit. We got the Bears versus. They've met the two of them. That was I'll never get those 10 seconds. It's a dream scenario, folks. You don't understand how long we've waited for this. Duh, Bears. (laughs) (laughs) All right, fine. Uh, Jason, like, turned it into a fucking jingle. (laughs) Uh, The Bears and the Raiders are refused to to be part of these childish games. Uh, (laughs) Let's start with the big news. David Montgomery out four to five weeks. Good news. I thought it was a torn ACL. It's not a torn ACL. He'll be back. But the bad news is that good he won't news be relatively. Speaking. Yes, relatively good news. Uh, but Damian Williams came in, had a lot of success in his time. Damian Williams is a guy who's had success in his career. He faces a Raiders team that is not going to scare you away from starting a running back. I think that he's a solid play this week right off the bat. You spent a lot of fab on him, and you can start him right away and be happy. I concur. Yep. I think Damian Williams, we've seen him be good on the Chiefs. We've seen him be good on the Dolphins, even when he was a part-time player. And now he's on the Bears, where he was good as the backup to David Montgomery because he was getting some burn. And now he has to take over. And in the one game where he took over in the middle of the game, he scored a touchdown. He's a player that's worth starting. as He's going to be the starting running back for the Bears, and he should get most of the work. So you fire him up. Like, it's basically a poor man's David Montgomery. Montgomery wasn't lighting the world on fire, but that still makes Damian Williams a solid RB2. I think a lot of people who spend a lot of fab on Damian Williams like, all right, now I got a starting running back for the next five weeks. Forget that David Montgomery is not like he's, you know, he has been playing well this year. He's been a good running back this year in real life. But for fantasy, he's been up and down. Oh, my God. Oh, my God, Tyler Lockett just missed an 80-yard touchdown. Just missed it right off the top of his hands. And now Russell Wilson hurt his finger. Tim, I, I'm asking It's like crooked. His finger is like stop. crooked right now. All right, um, with that being said, um, <laughs> the Matt Gay also missed the extra point. What the fuck? The real, the real most important news for the Bears is that Matt Nagy says what we all have been expecting him to say for a long time now. Justin Fields is officially the starter. Yay! Justin Fields is officially the starter. Um, this is Strawberry Fields. This is the chance. And everything starts brand new. 
The question is, these wide receivers. Darnell Mooney has has one good game. He's he was everyone's favorite, and now the consensus on Twitter seems to be that he's going to be the number one wide receiver for the rest of the year. Uh, relax, slow your slow your roll. He is playing on 100% of snaps last game, as opposed to Allen Robinson's 92. So there is that. But with that being said, this is a brand new start for Allen Robinson, a brand new start for Mooney. Both Robinson and Mooney, uh, Mooney more than Robinson, were involved in the game last game. So it's already a better sign to see that at least Allen Robinson was involved in the game, at least. Um, how are you feeling about A-Rob? Is this it for you uh, when it comes to him? And how are you feeling about Darnell Mooney? Jason, uh, I just want to Yeah, I just want to say just get the fuck out of here to oh. these people who want to say that Darnell Mooney is like taking over for Allen Robinson. Like, Just shut up. You're wrong. There's no way you're going to be right. Th- that's the first part. The second part is Justin Fields is now starting, and we now know, after seeing him play for a while, after seeing his Bears offense in general, it's a very limited offense, and that's unfortunate because Allen Robinson's not going to live up to his potential this year. But there's still upside there. We've seen Allen Robinson be good with bad quarterbacks. There's a history there. And just because Darnell Mooney was out or targeted him in one game doesn't mean anything. He's fallen to flex territory. I'd, I'd rather start him as a flex player than a wide receiver three. Like, if you have LaVisca... I'm starting LaVisca Chenault over Allen Robinson this week. Kenny Galladay, too. But he's still someone you can consider starting. And the Raiders aren't the most imposing matchup. And the Bears, honestly, if Matt Nagy's a good coach or Bill Lazor, if he's calling the plays, if they're smart, they're going to tell their young quarterback to go to their best receiver more. I'm not giving up hope on Allen Robinson just yet. But he's only he's merely a flex play this week. Darnell Mooney, the same, just a less exciting flex play. I'd rather not start him at all. He's merely a flex play. Michael, do you agree? I'm with, I'm with Jason, yeah. And I don't want to trust Darnell Mooney. The only one I'd like a lot is Damian Williams. The Bears have been beatable on the ground. Ravens scored two rushing touchdowns. Najee Harris scored a touchdown. Malcolm Brown scored a touchdown. Austin Eckler scored two touchdowns. Sign me up for some D-Will. Otherwise, like A-Rob, I guess you could put him in the flex again. We'll see if he ever pulls it together or if this offense is able to pull it together. But I don't want to deal with anyone else on that team. What about on the Raiders' side? Uh, Khalil Mack always seems to uh, put on his big boy pants when he plays the Raiders, and he's playing the Raiders again. Um, So I think this could be a big sack day for Khalil Mack and the Bears. With that being said, the Raiders... um, on that side, Darren Waller is a guy that you obviously have to start. Uh, this is a good matchup, so you're going to start him. It's not, it's not a great matchup, but it's not a matchup you're fading either. How do you feel about these outside wide receivers? Um, at this point, Brian Edwards doesn't even have to be on your roster, let alone be on your uh, in your starting lineup. Henry Ruggs, hit or miss. How are you feeling about them? Yeah, back to earth came ye old Derek Carr. In week five, after an MVP-type start to the season, didn't even surpass 200 passing yards through his first inter... Not his first interception. Was it his first interception? Um, no, his third interception of the year. I don't know why I thought he had no interceptions. Um, but now he gets a matchup against Chicago. Like you said, 
Tim is not the uh, the best matchup, also not the worst, but Derek Carr is not a player that I want to trust in a difficult matchup here against Chicago. I always talk about recency bias. Maybe I'm being a little biased here because Carr was tremendous the first three weeks and the Chargers defense looks like it's possibly the best in the league. But the Chicago defense is decent for the most part. And I think this is going to be a, I think they're going to try to hold the ball a bunch, the Bears. I mean, um, try to let the, their running game and such take care of business. And they're not going to want to put the ball into the hands of the Las Vegas Raiders very often. They don't want to play from behind the Justin Fields at quarterback. I just, I wouldn't, I would rather not chase Derek Carr in this game when there's other streamable quarterbacks who I like more, like a, a Joe Burrow, a Tyler. Haneke, a Sam Darnold, a Kirk Cousins, a Daniel Jones, all those guys I'd prefer over Derek Carr. Or do you guys do you want those guys or a version of those guys? A version. A Daniel Jones. Just one of them. Just any of the Daniel Joneses in the give world. Give me a single me Daniel Jones, please. Give me, give me just one of the Daniel Joneses. One of them. Hopefully it's the NFL quarterback. Um, but I mean, Hunter Renfro continues to put up Decent numbers. I was going to ask that next because like, I think that the number two wide receiver is definitely not Brian Edwards. It's Hunter Renfro. And Robert Woods having himself a game. Yeah, Hunter Renfro at this point, like, he's just consistently being a very solid player. And that continued against the Chargers in a game where Derek Carr struggled. Hunter Renfro still got the job done. And Hunter Renfro at this point, he's a wide receiver three strong flex play um and i'm gonna play him as such chicago bears where they've given up the most points is two opposing wide receivers so i'm playing hunter run for this week as a wide receiver three flex flex play because he's being utilized in the red zone a bunch as well which helps he's scored a touchdown in back-to-back weeks so sign me up for some run over uh, brian edwards for sure and then rugs continues to be a eh, type of guy he needs to break one out in order for him to be a useful asset, but he's getting better. He's getting better week after week. The Raiders' backfield is next on the docket, and Michael, I just want to tell you, Kenyon Drake sucks. Just wanted to put that out there. One touch last week. Um, one touch last week for Kenyon Drake. I, his role in the offense is just completely gone. Um, Josh Jacobs did catch five passes, so that was encouraging. Peyton Barber looked like he was running as the number two, and he got hurt. So Peyton Barber, we don't know what's going on with that. But it's so strange. It's, it's it's so he's definitely out. All right. So Kenyon Drake gets back in the number two role, but it, it's so John Gruden to give a running back nine million dollars and then not play him. Um, Eleven million. But honestly, they it might have just been like one dog pound game, like because he missed a blocking assignment or some shit. We'll see. I mean, I highly doubt he's just out of the offense. The shit would make. No sense. I mean, but, he hasn't I mean, been playing we'll that much in general. I mean, he's been playing a decent amount. Mm. What do you mean? Let me go get the... I'll, I'll go to the Fantasy Football by Brodo app and get the exact splits, but he's not playing nearly as hey, much yo. as I hope he'd played, especially considering that Josh Jacobs has missed a game. Like, if, if, you, if you're if you not playing at that point and Peyton Barber is playing, like, that's a problem for me if I'm a, if I, if I'm a Kenyon Drake roster. But now, Kenyon Drake's obviously not playing for you. How are you feeling about Josh Jacobs? Josh Jacobs got a bunch of work, saw five targets, which was encouraging. Um, But 
when are you ever really excited about Josh Jacobs at this point? Um, he's been a super touchdown dependent option for a year and a half now. Last week, he did not find the end zone. And guess who would have been upset starting him? Anyone who started him. And that was with <laughs> what? Huh? It was a meta statement you just made. <laughs> a meta? What are you saying? It was meta. Old? And that was with seeing five targets and getting 13 carries. 40 rushing yards. Like, it's just, at this point, Josh Jacobs is a touchdown dependent, low-end RB2 week to week. And that's it. Like, period. I mean, Do you guys disagree? Like, No, I mean, that's, that's no, basically what Josh Jacobs is. All right, so let's move on to the next game here. The Browns at the Chargers is next on the docket. The Chargers <laughs> defense is kind of one of my favorite low-key plays this week, um, especially because Yo, they'll probably be available on waiver wires. The Chargers defense was already talented, and now they got Brandon Staley, who took the not-so-good Rams defense and made it like the best defense in the league last year coaching them and it has just been a ridiculously good defense he's doing the Jalen Ramsey with Derwin James like he has Derwin James running everything that because remember last year was was really out of character for Derwin James in the sense that James was uh I mean not Derwin James uh Jalen Ramsey because he wasn't just staying on one side he wasn't staying on one receiver he was really going all over the field and guarding everyone. And that's what Derwin James is doing. Derwin James has been the slot corner like over 50% of his snaps. So it's really interesting to see what's going on there. They're already, like you said, they're already talented. They have Joey Bosa, Derwin James, and, and, and a lot of talented players on that defense. Um, Brandon Staley is my kind of coach, man. I'm a, I'm a big fan of Brandon Staley. Um, with that being said, the Browns have not been moving the ball on offense, and a lot of that probably is because Baker Mayfield – it's been revealed that he's had a torn labrum for two weeks on his left side. Obviously not ideal for anyone on that team, uh, even the running backs. So, And now they face the Chargers defense that I mentioned has been phenomenal. So with that being said, uh, how do you guys feel about this Browns offense against the Chargers defense? Let's start with the running backs, Bro, the two stars. Real quick, before we get to the stars... Did you see what the fake star said today? OBJ. I saw you took it comes that, out that as hate. Baker may. Yeah, that's a fucking bullshit thing to say. Your quarterback has an injury and has struggled. And then you just come out and say, oh, yeah, I've had that injury for 10 years. That's a dickhead thing to say. And the truth of the matter is, who knows if it's the torn labrum that's making Baker Mayfield play worse or if it's OB fucking J. We've been saying for since he went to the Browns, that the there are worse offense when OBJ is on the field. And to go and say that is bullshit. I honestly think that the Browns are a better team when OBJ is off the field because it's been two years now where that's been the case. Three years. And I have OBJ. OBJ is a flex play at best. He's, he's like Allen Robinson in my eyes. He's holding on to flex. Flex whatever you want to call it. I'm not starting him in two wide receiver leagues. If you have to put him as a wide receiver three, fine. But he's been very mediocre for years now. Stop yeah, thinking back to that one play six years ago where he caught it with one hand. 
Oh, that was a cool play by Cup. Apparently, he did it with a torn labrum. So props to him for that. <laughs> um, it was a very douchey thing. That was like the the thing that like you know the the douchey kid at the park who just always somehow turns it into like a thing about himself. Like that's what he did. Like of course he had to just say, "Oh, I've been dealing with that for ten years." Like he couldn't just say, "Oh, Baker's my man. I hope he can play through it or some shit." Maybe he did though. You don't want to take that one sentence out of context. I like to. I'd like to hear what he no, said. No, but bringing exactly. that up in any case is being a douche. Unless it's just like, "Yo, Baker, get through this. I've been playing with this injury for ten years. Like he's got this. I still have hundred percent confidence in my quarterback." If it was a, a statement it, like that, thinking about himself, no. We're not going to agree. I guess because you're a douche. <laughs> um, so what about I these back? You. What about the backfield then? Yeah. Um, I mean, you play both of these guys, right? Because Nick Chubb is Nick Chubb. And Kareem Hunt has been playing exceptionally well to start the season. But I don't I just don't like this game offensively for Cleveland, even though it's you'd be hard pressed not to trust these guys. Um I just, I don't know if this is going to go well for Cleveland. I think the uh, the Chargers offense is a super dynamic, terrific defense. I said offense is yeah. a super dynamic, terrific defense, and it's going to be tough for them to score multiple touchdowns in this game. But it, you also can't sit Chubb because he's Chubb, and you, I wouldn't sit Hunt because Hunt has been so good to start the year. And if they do get into comeback mode, Cream Hunt is the pass catching back. So he's likely to see pass catching work as well. I have cream. I, I mean, I have uh, Nick Chubb as my RB eight. Like I, I have a lot of confidence that the Browns are going to turn around and hand him the ball 20 times in this game. And when you hand Nick Chubb the ball 20 times, I don't care what defense is playing. He's going to, he's going to have his way. So that's why I like Nick Chubb in this game. Um, cream hunt. I'm a little more scared of for sure. His, his role is, is not as defined as Chubbs is, and he's been up and down. This has been the case for him the last couple of years where his end-of-year's numbers look great because he has three or four blow-up games. He had one of those blow-up games last week. The question is, can he sustain these blow-up games, or is it just going to be up and down and up and down and up and down and up and down? I think that's the real question. Um, I think Hunt's a better play than you guys are giving him credit for. I mean, I have him as my RB19. He's been terrific to start the year. Yeah, I have him I mean, at 18. Yeah, three out of four games, he's over 15 points. He's getting at least, last three games, he's had at least 10 rush attempts. Last two games, all three, this whole year, he's had at least three targets all but one time. He's basically guaranteed at least 14 touches on an offense that runs through their running backs. I mean, I don't... This matchup. is funny. It's a tough match. This is matchup. funny because this went from... You guys liking Hunt last year to me saying I'll never trust a backup running back to me liking Hunt more than you guys. <laughs> yeah, true. Stay. How the turntables. The dichotomy of the man. Stay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Water. Doesn't even make sense. Um, anyone That's else? Pretty meta, Michael. What about the, <laughs> what about these Chargers tight ends? Last week we said there's just way too many of them to go around. I still think that's the case. Donald Parham caught a touchdown last. No week. man, Donald we're talking Parham. about the Browns. Pay attention. You said, you said Chargers. You said Chargers. No, I didn't. <laughs> yeah, you did. You did. You, you did. I was about to say, I guess we're going to talk about the Chargers again then. And All then right, Jason fine. said, Darnold Parham. <laughs> Browns then. But anywho, any of these tight ends I'm not super interested in. 
Um, like you said, Parham caught a touchdown. Steven Anderson caught like a 50-yard pass. I'm sure 99% of the world didn't even know Steven Anderson was on the Rams or who Steven Anderson is. <laughs> <laughs> so A Steven but, Anderson. A Steven Anderson. But Jared <laughs> Cook, um, he's been decent throughout the year. Um Actually had a very good Monday night football performance, six for 70 and a touchdown. He's going to be a low end tight end one, high end tight end two ranked option every single week for games like this that can happen. But outside of this past weekend or this past week since he played on a Monday, he hasn't been good. He's had combined 16 fantasy points in half EPR leagues. So you're just kind of chasing with Jared cook and hoping that that's the game where he has a big game and coming off a week where Keenan Allen struggled, where Mike Williams put up a complete dud. I think those guys bounce back. I don't think it's another Jared cook game here against Cleveland. So I'd, I'd look elsewhere. Did you mention the Browns tight ends at all in this, in this statement? No, but I would not touch any of the the Browns Browns tight ends. All right. Just wanted wanted to get that. And then obviously you start, Austin Eckler, who has been an absolute stud just absolutely um, awesome. this year, just absolutely glorious. If you're managing Austin Eckler, um, that's about it. Like this guy has just been very consistently great. And that's, he's just doing Austin Eckler things. Man. Uh, could, could have seen that one coming. I will say that. What do you think? What about Mike Williams? Before we move on, I do, I would do want to talk about Mike Williams here because it's easy to start getting nervous about Mike Williams because he's one of those guys who is like exceeding expectations. So with that, there's always the fear of, oh, when does he come back down to earth? Do you think this is just a one-off and that you can still trust Mike Williams? Here's the thing. Everyone after three weeks just assumed he's going to be a top 10 wide receiver every week. I take last week as more of a, just like chill ombre type week. <laughs> um, he doesn't need to be a top 12 wide receiver every week. I also don't think that's going to be the norm. I think anyone who drafted Mike Williams will be happy if he's a top 24 wide receiver every week. They'll still be ecstatic. And I think that's a lot more realistic. So, I mean, it's possible that Mike Williams is being ranked in the top 10 every week. I see it more likely as him settling in somewhere in the 20s. 20s? Way, he's... Yeah, like if he's a, if you're ranking him a wide receiver 20 every week, uh, he's still having a good season. In the he's 20s. March in, the, in the 20s and 20 are two different things. As Geno I'm Smith a, is right, in. Fine. Oh, man. The upper 20s. That's not good. That means, that means Russell Wilson, he has a hurt finger. Yep. Oh, my God. Geno Smith, one of the worst experiments in Jets history. I hope I hope he does well. I'm rooting for him. I'm yeah, I mean, he's going to have to against the Rams. Jeez Louise. Tough. RIP to the... You're starting Mike Williams and Keenan Allen happily. I agree. That's the that's the important part. Um, anyone else in this game that you would like to talk about? Mm-hmm. No. All right, let's go to the Giants at the Cowboys in an NFC East showdown. Yeah, the Giants have allowed a 100-yard rusher in three of the last four weeks. Only the Falcons have not had a 100-yard rusher, and they haven't had a 100-yard game in general. Um, they haven't even come close to a 100-yard game. So I think this is a big day for Zeke. I have him at RB2. 
I think that Pollard could be an interesting flex play, but Pollard is going to need to be um, amazing to be relevant, and that's why I have a problem with starting Pollard. But I'm gonna I'm gonna fire up Zeke, who's been a top three running back the last two weeks. I don't expect that to change. Yeah, um, I'm with you on that one. Obviously, you fire up Zeke, and like you said, Pollard needs to be spectacular to reach um, RB two plus level or even flex level. Like last week, he he had a very good game, but it's less than seven half PPR fantasy points because he doesn't get that many touches. So that's the thing with Tony Pollard. Where everyone was saying, oh, yeah, here we go. Tony Pollard, he's, he's a weekly RB2 after he had a couple good games. He's not going to keep up insane efficiency, um, and that's what he's going to need in order to be a trustworthy start every week. But he's definitely starting Zeke because this Cowboys offense has just randomly – decided to be a run first team which is pissing me off what are you gonna do <laughs> what Talking are you about a run do? first team guys cd lamb now has as many games within the top 36 receivers as he does without the top 36 receivers two two of each it's been a disappointment for sure and a lot of that has to do with the fact that the cowboys are going run heavy and i think the last couple like last week showed Amari Cooper is his role in the team. He caught a long touchdown. Even, even with the lesser passes, he still has his role. So I feel like CeeDee Lamb is, is the more risky play here. Interesting. With this team going more run heavy, and you're going to start CeeDee Lamb. You drafted him high. His ceiling is sky high every week. But this could be the beginning of a disappointing season i hope that's not the case i have a hot take right now i think that the cowboys are a super bowl caliber team this year i think that they are i think they are i think they're now that they have a defense yeah now they have a defense their offense has never been the problem and i think that they're a super bowl caliber squad and i think that you're going to notice that in games like this because the panthers defense was was riding high and then they brought them back down to earth i think this is a back down to earth game for the giants defense who I mentioned that I was not a big fan of the Giants defense last year because it was just a bunch of people who all had career years and you can't really expect everyone to stay on that pace. I also I also think they are a little overrated this year. Um, so far, the Giants have faced the Broncos, Washington in Heineke's first game, and he, he threw all over them, the Falcons and the Saints. So the Broncos, Falcons, and Saints are lower third offenses. I think the Cowboys are by far the best team they play, like I mentioned. I think CD is in a prime bounce back spot. I'm very comfortable playing CD in this game. I think he's a wide receiver one. Amari Cooper, he's still a little hurt, and that's the only reason why I'm hesitating on him, but I think he's comfortably a wide receiver two. Can't even think about not starting Dalton Schultz right now, and Dak is definitely a quarterback one, and I think Zeke is a RB one. So I think that, that this Cowboys team has a lot of fantasy points to be had, and I think that they're, they're going to have them against a Giants team that I think might get blitzkrieg this, this week. It's creaked. Yeah, just like I, I mean, I hope, I hope I uh, hope you're right about fun fact lamb bouncing fun, back. Real, real quick, real quick. Speaking of Blitzkrieg, I am going to be um this Sunday not watching football, unfortunately. Um, because I am well, it, it sounds like a fun idea anyway. My wife, who's half German, is has her mom is throwing an Oktoberfest and we're doing mad German things. I'm very Ew. excited about this. I've never done anything like this before. Uh, we're we're Greek, by the way, and we have all these Greek things. And her and her family's have Greek, and they're like more Greek than they are German, like way more Greek. 
they've never they they always do Greek celebrations, but they never do German celebrations. It's like the first one. She's going all out. We have outfits and everything. It's gonna be crazy. Ooh, you're gonna wear like the uh, like I'm gonna look like a the German flannels and such. My little my baby's got a like a a little German outfit. It's it's adorable. I can't wait to see him. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna be eating like bratwurst and and corned beef and things of that nature. The potato pancakes. A lot the, of beer. Potato pancakes, sauerkraut, applesauce. Delicious. Damn, you should have invited me. Yum, dude. Yeah, man. Some ciders, some burr. I can't drink beer because I'm a, I'm a, I'm a little bee. But a wimp. <laughs> You're a wimp. Nah, I'm, a, I'm, I'm gluten intolerant. I don't tolerate it well. I get rashes. I'm, I'm Tim intolerant. <laughs> well, you give me rashes too, Michael. Hey, Gino Smith, go get him, Gino. Um, so Michael, anyway, um, how do you feel about this Cowboys offense? Yeah, I mean, I'm gonna start all these guys like you stated, um, even if it's scary with the way lamb and coop have had some down games recently, but I'm playing them because they can explode at a moment's notice. Um, so I'm definitely going to play them. I just, I hope it's not some sort of consistently, uh Oh, CD line. Maybe is like a wide receiver three now because another bad game would certainly make it a, would make it scary that if would, we're being honest, especially when Dalton Schultz is like taking over for whatever reason, like he led the team in targets last week and he's just having a ginormous game. Geno Smith. Shout out Geno Smith. Geno Smith just ran shit to DK. He did. <laughs> just came through and, and bang, bang, bang. Yeah, Geno Smith was yeah, always was talented, fire. man. He was always talented. Um, That was an impressive drive. What where was I going to? Oh, yeah. Okay. So let's go over to the Giants side since we got the Cowboys side locked down here. Saquon's all the way back. Like he's back. No reason to fade him at all against the, the Cowboys. Love Saquon this week. All the other Giants are crapshoots, in my opinion. I'm not buying into Daniel Jones. I know. He's the QB6. He threw for 400 yards last year. It was aided by a bunch of runs after the catch, which is not illegal. Good job, Daniel Jones. I'm still not buying it. Um, the Cowboys are the ninth best pass DVOA, despite playing great offenses. They played the Chargers. They played the Bucks. They played good offenses. So the question is, can you trust any Giants in this game outside of Saquon Barkley? I think you can trust Daniel Jones here. I agree. Like at the end of the day, he is seventh in the league in passing yards right now. He's using his legs. He's been a QB1 type quarterback in the past. He's been on a roll now. Um, and now... He has Kenny Galladay, the best receiver he's ever played with. And Galladay is 12th in adjusted air yards. And Galladay is the other person who I'm okay with playing. He's 12th in adjusted air yards this season. It took some time getting acclimated to his new team to have his breakout game. But last week was his breakout game. And I'm not saying Kenny Galladay is a wide receiver two now. I still have him ranked in wide receiver three territory. But he had a very good game. And the Cowboys' defense has been very good, but Daniel Jones has to throw to someone. Six for 116 and four for 64. Wow. I didn't even realize this. Kenny Galladay has two four for 64 games this year. <laughs> so four for 64 has basically become his floor. So he's he's a wide receiver three with upside. Yeah, I agree. 
Not excited. And dare I say, Kadarius Tony has some flex appeal here. No, don't say that, man. He just saw nine targets in his first don't game, dare. getting a lot of usage. Um, six catches, 78 yards. Let's not act like he didn't look dynamic after the catch either. This is a game against the Cowboys. We know the Cowboys could put up points. Kadarius Tony played 78% of snaps. Had the highest targets on the team. Slayton is likely out. Well, he more than likely out. Sterling Shepard's more than likely out. I think Kadarius Tony has some flex appeal, folks. I am rooting for Kadarius Tony because I've never seen a consensus of people completely disregard a person like everyone on his consensus disregarding Kadarius Tony as a bad pick. I want him to put it, shove it in the face of every single person. I really, really hope so. Word. Everyone would rather have fucking Brian Edwards than Kadarius Tony. Uh, let's go on, on to on our fantasy Twitter. Speaking of rookies, let's go on to our next game. The 49ers at the Cardinals is the last game in the afternoon window. This one's going to be Ooh-wee. interesting. Trey Lance is making his first start. It looks like Jimmy Garoppolo has not practiced. Does not look like he is going to start. Trey Lance. It's Trey Lance time, baby. It's going to be up to him, just like Justin Fields. Are you going to take this job? Are you going to run with it? Are you not? The problem is that now we have no idea how this 49ers offense is going to run because it's going to be a completely new offense. We know that. So what happens? Is Debo Samuel still as involved? Is Brandon Ayuk more involved? Are these running backs? How are they going to be used? How are they going to be deployed? Are they going to be as valuable? Does Trey Lance take a lot of the valuable carries from the running backs? Lots of questions that need to be answered on this team. At this point, I'm not going to lie. Any fantasy analyst that tells you they know what the fan, the 49ers are going to do next week, they're they're lying to an extent. That I'm sure they don't, they're not doing it on purpose, but there's no way you can know. It's just going to be a whole new offense. So with that being said, how do you feel about Trey Lance in this game? How do you feel about the weapons in this game? That is um, accurate assessments, my fair sir. It's I very try. tough. And if we watched if we watched Trey Lance's snaps, which we all did last week, you'll see that he did not make a throw to a contested receiver. All of them were incomplete. It was ugly. So the question is, how is this offense going to look? That's the tough part. I'm not touching Brandon Ayuk with a 10-foot pole. Don't try to give me, like, he might be better with a backup wider quarterback or whatnot. Like, he already did nothing all year, and now... He has a guy who can't throw. So, fuck out of here with Brandon Ayuk. I'm still starting to Evo Samuel happily because Shanahan's probably going to draw up a million and eight plays for Debo Samuel, um, with the million and eighth one being the most important one. And besides that, though, there's just... Like, is Elijah Mitchell going to play? That's he was still... questionable last week and then gets a healthy scratch. TBD, my dude. Again this week. It was not a healthy no... scratch. Knowledge on whether, but yeah, he was not, not a healthy scratch. scratch. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just a regular and didn't just, play. Just a regular old scratch. He just, like, you know, like, you get an itchy nose sometimes. <laughs> if if Scratch Elijah Mitchell is playing, I want to start him. <laughs> Are you not starting him as an RB two if he plays? <laughs> Elijah Mitchell, uh, yeah. I'll, I'm, I'll... I'm talking to no one. Sorry, you guys are just singing. Michael Grisaden scratch that all on the floor. Like, what the fuck am I supposed <laughs> to do besides laugh at that? Um. I think that, yes, I'm going to play Elijah Mitchell if he's playing. Yes. But I'm not excited I, uh, about it. I'm not happy about it. 
Trey Sermon just had a decent day on the ground. I'm a little scared that they activate Elijah Mitchell. 19 carries last they, week for Trey Sermon. Yeah. I'm a little scared that they activate Elijah Mitchell, and then they're like, let's only give him like five or ten carries to get him acclimated again. He's still hurt or some shit. Because Kyle Shanahan pulls shit like that. Man, let's not let's act let's not act like he doesn't. So it's gonna be very frustrating if that does happen. I'd much rather let Elijah Mitchell sit on my bench this week and see how it pans out if he does play than trust him in a starting lineup. But if you have to, then I guess like you have to. I mean, it's against the Cardinals, it could be high scoring. Maybe Mitchell does have a good game, but it's gonna be tough. Um and there goes Sony Michelle into the end zone. You got to be kidding me, Sony Michelle. Damn, I, you switched, and now you're now you're spoiling the game for me. Oh, I'm sorry, Are you guys. Um, but I did want to say real quick, Debo Samuel, 28th in true target value. Obviously, really outplaying that at the moment. A lot of that has to do with things like 70 yard broken play touchdowns, like what happened last week. He's also just playing very well. I'm I'm just interested to see if he could keep up this ridiculously great play because he has been a monster. Um, and, like, the advanced, like, true throw value doesn't say that he should be doing this well with the quarterback play that he's received, but he's been balling out. Trey Lance scares me for the pass catchers on this team, man. Debo Samuel, George Kittle, definitely can't trust Brandon Ayuk. You're playing Debo, you're playing Kittle, of course, but... I'm not gonna lie to you. I'm I'm a, I'm a little scared about it with Trey Lance on their center. The rushing game. Tim, too, I feel like, like you'll agree with me. Good. You down to stream? You down to stream this week? Stream a nice Trey Lance. I I would stream Lance. Yeah. Lance put up 22 fantasy points and a half last week. And I'm worried about the running game, too. Like I'm worried about him not handing the ball off on every other. RPO and taking it himself where Jimmy Garoppolo would never do that. Jimmy Garoppolo literally never ran. So that's a whole other aspect that you have to worry about. If And you already don't know where these running backs are getting their carries from. I'm nervous if I have any running back. I'm nervous for this whole offense. I really am. Um, on the other side is the Cardinals. Not nervous for this offense. This offense is enough to go around. Um, Chase Edmonds leads the team in targets, which is very encouraging to know. Uh, James Conner has been into the end zone the last couple weeks. He's a touchdown or bust player for sure. He's the definition of that. This backfield has been playing well. Uh, one of the more uh, unsung heroes of the year has been Chase Edmonds. So let's start with this backfield because the rest of this, this team is has been on fire. How are you looking at this backfield against the Niners? Um, Yo... Before we talk, I'll let Michael talk about Chase Edmonds because Chase Edmonds, as you said, has been very good this season. I want to talk about the other guy. James Conner has six opportunities inside the five this season. Only one behind Jonathan Taylor, the league leader. And James Conner is also eighth in red zone opportunities. Last year, Kenyon Drake finished third in opportunities inside the five with 22 of them. And he finished sixth in red zone opportunities. James Conner has stepped directly into the Kenyon Drake role. Except he was drafted way later than Kenyon Drake last year. So while he's not going to score two touchdowns a week, and he's probably going to be touchdown dependent, I don't hate James Conner. He's becoming a decent flex play every week. 
he needs a, he needs a touchdown. He needs one. Or else you're disappointed. Yeah, but he gets a shitload of opportunities to score them. That he does. That he does. If you're going to get a touchdown dependent player, he's kind of like the Adam Thielen of the backfield, right? He's the actual goal line back, not the yeah. goal line back wide receiver. Um, Kyler Murray is a smash play, especially because the 49ers defense has been horrific against the quarterback and against wide receivers. Um, DeAndre Hopkins has been quiet the past couple weeks. How are we feeling about DeAndre Hopkins this week? I'm a little scared about DeAndre Hopkins, and I don't want to sound like I'm overreacting. One, I just want to say before we leave the running backs, Chase Edmonds would easily be a top like eight running back if there was no James Conner there with the way that offense is rolling. Word. But um, with DeAndre Hopkins, what scares me is not that, like, yeah, he was dealing with the injury and such, which could be playing into it, but the target shares. Like, he is not seeing the massive target shares that he was seeing last season. Like, this target so far this season, eight, four, six, seven. That's because Max Williams is mixing in. A.J. Green is mixing in. Christian Kirk, Rondell Moore, Chase Edmonds. Like, DeAndre Hopkins is hardly any different than anyone else on this team when it comes to targets, which is absurd to me because it's DeAndre Hopkins, but that's how this offense has been rolling, and the offense has been rolling. So why would they change it, right? And Sam Fran has a tendency to get beat by number one tight ends because they don't really have anyone who could match up with number one tight ends. I am playing DeAndre Hopkins. Um, and I hope he has a big bounce back game here. All I'm saying is if it's another game where he doesn't dominate the target share, then I'd, I'd start to get a little worried. DeAndre Hopkins. Usually you don't have to worry about him in this sense, but when you have four, three guys, Kirk green, Rondell Moore, you spread the ball out. And are you playing any of these guys who maybe could hit, maybe not, probably spread the ball out? You you taking a chance on any of these guys? Man, A.J. Green now has six targets each of the first four games and has double-digit fantasy points in three of four games. I was not on the A.J. Green bandwagon. I thought he was old and done. I still think he's old and kind of done. But when you have Kyler Murray at quarterback and an offense that opens up the field like it does, maybe AJ Green can actually be a thing this season. And so far he has been. I think he's a he's a flex worthy option here. I mean, you can't just overlook a high snap share and three games of double digit performances out of AJ Green to start the year. What about Max Williams? Max Williams in the last two games has been absolutely on fire. Can you play him? I think you can. What do you say? Did me and Jason like you both just, just you just go. named five people who are all involved in the offense. Didn't even mention that Chase Edmonds is second in the team in targets. I said he's first, actually, which he is. Oh, first, and then Hopkins. And I did mention that, but thank you, thank you so much for again. And then we have Max Williams, attention. who over the last three games has averaged five targets a game. But the thing is. Since week one, he has every target he's received, he's caught. Seven targets, seven catches. Three targets, three catches. Five targets, five catches. He's catching everything that's thrown to him. Including <laughs> the a touchdown. The question is, <laughs> how many targets is he going to get? I, I'm not going to bank on Max Williams, man. Yeah. 
Yeah. And Kirk and Rondell, Christian Kirk and Rondell Moore are both just complete dart throws at this point. Yeah. Like, if you want to stick them in your flex because you're projected to lose by, like, 30, maybe it makes sense because one of them catches a long touchdown, but they've just been taking turns being super on and off. So I wouldn't want to really trust one of those guys either if I didn't have to. All right, let's get this over with. It's Sunday Night Football time. Go. Sunday Night Football football on MSG. MSG. The Bills and the Chiefs are the best on TV. Josh Allen is coming. Mahomes is too. Throw it to Kelsey for the touchdown, dude. Josh Gordon has come to play. Tim's face. I've been waiting all day for Sunday night football on MSG. (laughs) What, are you just restarting? (laughs) No, I combined the two songs. No, you this, I actually this, started doing this other day. Like football. I say all the time, this combination happened a long time ago. This joke started as a completely different joke. It's not even the same joke anymore. It doesn't make any sense. Pisses me off. Friday night Knicks on MSG you got front row seats. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it used to be. Do it just to get there. But it's not that anymore. It's completely changed. <laughs> but I will say this. It is the best on TV this week. This is a phenomenal matchup. The Chiefs at the Bills. This might be, I'm sorry, the Bills at the Chiefs. Excuse me. This might be the AFC Championship preview. Oh, baby, what a game. And you're also going to love it because it has blowout. I mean, I'm sorry, not blowout. Uh, shootout. We're getting all over it. The Chiefs are dead last across the board in defensive DVOA. Like dead last against every type of receiver against in every situation. So start your Bills. In what should be a high-scoring I mean, game. They're a top matchup across the board for opposing quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, and tight ends, which is hard to do. And they're doing it, and they're doing it well. So because of that, Josh Allen, smash. Stephon Diggs, smash. Emmanuel Sanders, smash. Cole Beasley, smash. Dawson Knox, smash. I'll take them all. Cole Beasley, a little eh, because Legereus need um, – comes out of the slot for the Chiefs and he's actually been the only kind of bright spot on that team he's a decent slot corner Emmanuel Sanders at this point has set a decent floor so I'm okay starting him in like a wide receiver three flex spot even Beasley I think can be good this year but I'm with you in that I mean, excuse me this week you just want a piece of this game on either side um you're starting Dawson Knox who has become a big part of that offense I called Dawson Knox being a a nice sleeper pick and um like three months ago before the season started. So pat on my back. I mentioned in our first game, there's only three tight ends who have been tight end two or better every week. That was a Kyle Pitts stat, but the other guys are Darren Waller and Dawson Knox. And the difference is that Kyle Pitts has been a tight end one once and a tight end two, three times. Whereas Knox and Waller have done the opposite. Three tight end one finishes each. Oh boy. So you're starting Dawson Knox. And then what I find most intriguing when I was going through the numbers this week for this pod, Zach Moss has missed a game, and he's sixth in the league in red zone opportunities for running backs. He's getting a lot of red zone looks. And he's been a running back, too, every week. If you go to our consistency charts, you'll see the number three under running back, two for Zach Moss. So I think that's what he is Touchdown dependent, though. It is touchdown the plan. That's why I think he's a back-end RB2 flex play. But against the Chiefs, he could find the end zone again. 
It's always tough banking on a Bills running back, though. Yeah, it is always sure. tough. I'm, I'm, I don't know if I could do it. Uh, on the other side, the Chiefs are the Chiefs. You play Tyree Kill, who went absolutely apeshit. Uh, we called that one. I said, never does he have two bad games in a row. He's had two games in a row. Expect this one to be the Tyreek Hill blowout game, and it was. Um, you play Patrick Mahomes. You play Travis Kelsey, who he's looking to bounce back off one of his very rare bad games. So the question is CEH, right? It's always the question. The Bills have been in blowouts so far, so their running back stats are skewed. But third least points against running backs. Second overall in rushing DVOA. This is not a good matchup uh, for for the Chiefs or for CEH. So, where are you ranking? This On week? that note, the three quarterbacks that are the lowest in running back targets this year are Lamar Jackson with three, Russell Wilson with three and a half, and Mahomes with three point eight per game. So he's the third lowest targets to running backs. It's a tough run defense. People are coming off these highs with CEH because he's had 100 rushing yards, yada, yada. I have him as a back-end RB2. His expert consensus is 17. I have him at 23. He's been effective the last two weeks, but I just don't really see it happening against the Ravens. I'm kind of in the same boat, Michael. Yeah, it's not a great matchup. Um, And CEH is... He's taking advantage of back-to-back strong... Well, not... The Chargers aren't the strongest matchup, but they do typically let teams run on them rather than than pass on them. So he's, he's taking advantage of the, the last couple of weeks. But prior to that, he sucked. He wasn't very good last season. Like, I don't think this is, like, new th- new from CEH. Like, I don't think out of nowhere he's just going to be this guy who's super efficient from what we've seen in the past. So I, I agree that he's more of a low-end RB2 in this matchup. And then... I do want to just say Daryl Williams is starting to steal work as well from CEH, which is not good. Daryl Williams has 17 rush attempts over the last two season and excuse me, two weeks and four receptions. That's 21 touches over the last two weeks. He has two touchdowns on the season as well. He scored a goal line touchdown last week. Not good for CEH. And Daryl Williams, if you're super needy, desperation flex. Desperationis flexes. All right, let's finish it off, baby. The Colts at the Ravens. I hate breaking down Colts and games. And don't start Josh Gordon, please. Yeah, no. I hate breaking down Colts games. I don't call me crazy. I just hate it. I hate doing it. Um, I think it's because the team's so ugly. Carson Wentz is not making it any better. With that being said, let's start with Jonathan Taylor. Had a good game, but he plays against the Ravens front seven now. What do you expect out of JT? Because I'm the Taylor. Look, Jonathan Taylor at this point, <laughs> he's been upsetting if you drafted him in the first round. Um, not entirely surprised, but he finally had a good game against Miami. Like you said, now it's a tough matchup here against Baltimore. The thing that's interesting to me is that Naheem Hines is dealing with an injury now, apparently, they said. Um, if he were to miss the game for any reason, Jonathan Taylor becomes a huge a huge buy in terms of this week compared to what he would be. Um, he did not practice with a shoulder injury. It was for Naheem Hines because Naheem Hines is clearly the pass catching back. Um, Jonathan Taylor is relegated to only like 50% of the snaps because Naheem Hines steals pass catching work. And even Marlon Mack mixed in this past week, which was 
Don't ask me why. So Jonathan Taylor, unless something changes with the snap count and his pass catching potential, um, more of a RB2 than he is an RB1. It's an interesting it's, it's an interesting thing here where in previous years or or previous times um when you have a guy like Jonathan Taylor and Naheem Hines was going is going to miss a game he would be a smash play but you don't really know because you don't know what this you don't know what the rest of this offense is going to do Carson Wentz has had numerous chances to make up for it. And like Jason said, like how many times is this guy going to suck before we could just say he sucks? Um, there are the wide receivers. Uh, ugh, I'm not, I'm not really excited about playing either of them. Uh, Zach Pascal has a small possible chance to score a touchdown. I'm not excited about these, these receivers. Mo Ali Cox came out of nowhere and, and, and scored two touchdowns. So you don't even know if you could stream him because his floor is zero. It's just a whole bunch of question marks for the Colts. I just, Michael Pittman, you know, I just don't want to do it. I don't know. I, I don't want any part of it, but I'll play Pittman if I have a whole bunch of yuck. Zach Pascal leads all wide receivers in red zone targets. Wow. <laughs> There's something to be said for that. So he does that have offense... the, deepest, the deepest of flex appeal. And then Michael Pittman, 13th in the league in targets. He has 36 targets, nine a game <clears throat> on average. So he's not like, an awful flex play. But that's the thing. They keep bringing up targets as if he's really capitalizing on these targets. You wanna, do you want to guess what his true target value is? Honestly, I'm going to guess that it's like 72. No, it's actually a lot better than that. What, what 72? <laughs> it's 21. He's seen, a whole, he's seen a shitload of targets. Oh, my guess was that Wentz is so bad that it doesn't even matter. But that's what I'm saying. Like, not even he's not doing enough. A tw- yeah, exactly. A 21st strength true target value says Pittman should be doing better, and he's not. And Pittman is someone who I was fading this season because he just didn't really, I don't know, he doesn't do anything to make you think he's like some sort of star. I know he's just been super average. And if you want super average in your flex, I guess you could go for it. But the Baltimore pass defense is very good. And Carson Wentz is not, and Carson Wentz has been dealing with a million injuries, so it's not something I'm uh, super interested in. Let's finish it off. Our last team, the Ravens. Quoth the Raven, nevermore. Um, the Ravens. Interesting team. I think Marquise Brown is a great play in this game. I like to play him. I like to stack him with Lamar Jackson if I am playing a DFS lineup. And look, Lamar Jackson has been doing work from the pocket this year. I don't expect that to change. Um, I like Lamar, and I really like um, who who was I just talking about? My my train of thought just probably left. Marquise, oh, Marquise Brown. Marquise Brown about and Hollywood. Really Brown. Hollywood. I love him. If Hollywood, Hollywood caught one deep touchdown pass, the week where he dropped three for a touchdown, he probably would have finished as a wide receiver one. Which means this season he'd have three wide receiver one finishes and a wide receiver two finish. He's been fucking outstanding. And this carried over from the last half of last year. So you're starting Marquise Brown. Person I want to talk about. Well, I I could shit on Sam Hawkins at any time. Um, I hope Rashad Bateman plays and gets his feet wet in the NFL. But Latavius Murray. 
I already mentioned that Lamar Jackson has three targets per game to the running back, last in the NFL. So that's not even an option there. That's something that was... Murray's fifth, fifth lowest running back in rushing yards over expected, negative 37. Fifth lowest running back in points per opportunity, excluding touchdowns. He's been an awful old man. An and I'm awful not sure why... Man. Yes, and I'm not sure why the Ravens are relying on him, but I don't expect that to last long. And I'm not excited about him in this game either. It seems like a good matchup. He's a lead for the Ravens. Listen, it'll pay off if he falls into the end zone, but he's not a guy I want to bank on. Um, Mark Andrews, good matchup in this game. You're riding with him. He's a tight end. The You, you already mentioned the running backs. I feel like me and Michael feel the same way about these running backs. So, is there any anyone else in this game that you would consider playing? Not really. Like, who yeah, else no. are you going to play besides Lamar, Hollywood, and Andrews confidently? You can make a case like, for Lat Murray. Latavius Murray, you can make a case for Latavius to fall into the end zone. But, like Jason said, it's not something I'm super interested in. And they're relying on the pass a lot more than they did in the past. Um, in Baltimore, and they're not running as efficiently. And guess what? It turns out it actually does kind of matter who your damn running back is when it's not Gus Edwards or J.K. Dobbins because when you have Latavius Murray, Tyson Williams, Devontae Freeman, and Le'Veon Bell running, those guys are not the same caliber type guys, and it's showing. So, look, Latavius Murray may end up with 20 rushes, which means he's a decent flex play, but he's going to need to fall into the end zone. He's, he's going to be a very touchdown-dependent option. I have restless leg syndrome right now, which means it is time to skedaddle. Michael, where can they find you? Skedaddly do. At BrotoFF, Mike. Jason? At BrotoFF, Jason. You can find me at BrotoFF, Tim. You can find our brother from another mother, Santiago Casanova, at BrotoFF Casanova. The Fantasy Football by Broto app and Broto Fantasy. Also, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Broto Fantasy. Thank you so much for supporting the show and listening. We hope we bring you some wins. Until next time, peace out. Later. Later.